The Space Case Sarah Show with space nerds Kobe and Benjamin. Who is Space Case Sarah? Spunky, edgy, smart, funny, and a rebel feminist. Now, witness it yourself on iRock Space Radio. Hello, space enthusiasts, and welcome to episode, what are we on, eight? Eight of the Space Case Sarah Show with my space nerds, Benjamin and Kavi, here on iRock Space Radio. We are doing a special simulcast where we are recording for the show, which will air later, but we are live broadcasting this recording and interacting with audience as comments come in. We already have one from John Reed. Hi, John. I reviewed your book on Amazon, by the way. I don't know if you saw that. Um, So we are so thrilled to be trying this and hopefully we will be doing this more often. And uh, Kavi was just making a note too that, oh, oh darn, now I cannot, um, (laughs) I cannot hide the fact that I try to make faces to get to get them to laugh. So you're going to see all of that in real time. All the faces. All the faces. This is the oxygen episode. We're all kind of big fans. Um, we, uh, we, we have always some, (laughs) some set, some set parameters uh, or set things that we do in each show. And, um, the first one is, uh, we talk about the element that we are naming our episode after. And so let's, let's talk about oxygen. Benjamin's a big fan and, uh, Kavi's also, I think a big fan. So, um, fun fact, science. I, I have, I have a fun fact, but but I feel like it's like, like fun, misunderstood fact. And it's, and it's the fact that like, right. We associate oxygen with air. We associate oxygen with breathing. Right. Like Benjamin was joking, I'm a big fan. Yeah, think, like we need it to not die. But this this fun like this fun fact for me is the fact that the majority of the air that we breathe isn't actually oxygen. It's 78% nitrogen, and oxygen only makes up about 21%. And that to me is just wild. And I think that's like a kind of like a fun-ish fact, but a really fun fact if you want to dive a bit deeper into the topic. It's about the free puns. diving. Obviously, it's <laughs> yeah. all puns about. All about the puns. <laughs> but like, but like, we have to be, we have to be, you know, very careful in the way that we, you know, uh, dive as as scuba divers, you know, and, and we have these tanks that have mixed in uh, oxygen and nitrogen. But free divers just hold their breath for you know up to ten minutes, which is insane wow. because That's the record wild. depth. Yeah. Is around two hundred and fifty meters. It's over eight hundred feet. In free feet. diving? What? Yes. Oh, yeah. Wow. An Austrian dude whose name is just escaping me right now. I'm so sorry, but the man dove down over eight hundred feet. That's. I can't believe that. On a single. And I like how he wild. converted this for the American audience. By the way, thank you. Yes, for it's it. over two hundred and fifty <laughs> meters, or seventy-three <laughs> eagles per freedom. <laughs> Australian <laughs> co-host with eagles per freedom metric. Eagles, how many eagles per freedom is that? Well, that is you can a round it up to turkeys. That is a wild fact. Thank you for sharing that, Benjamin of Science Actually, Actually Science, who is a little. He's been a little, a little nervous. He's excited, but a little nervous because he's like, I've never done anything kind of live streamy like this, so people are actually going to see me. So if this is your first time seeing the face of science, actually. Hey Behold. <laughs> I've been running uh, science actually for years and years, and I've never shown my face or my beautiful punum, as my mother would say. 
this might be one of those moments where, you know, um, have you ever had it where you've listened to a radio, like someone on the radio for a long time, and then you finally see a picture and you're like, what? That's, That's not right. They're like? No. So someone <clears throat> out there might be having this crisis moment right now because of you. Make your heroes. <laughs> Benjamin, <laughs> what do you got for us today? Uh, what, uh, this episode is our oxygen episode, our eighth episode, and it's going to be airing on October 1st. And so for people listening live today, you're going to get a little heads up of well, whose birthday is going to be happening on October 1st. So happy scientist birthday to George Carruthers. He's an American astrophysicist who invented a space camera that can measure ultraviolet light that can be used to identify interstellar atoms and molecules. They actually took it to the moon on uh, Apollo 16, and they use it to detect what kind of gases are in our atmosphere, including what kind of pollution, which is kind of cool. And happy cosmonaut birthday to Boris Morikov, who trained for years and years and years and years and years and years to serve aboard Russia's Mir space station and never went there. And instead, he... (laughs) was on the final space shuttle mission that made the ISS ready for permanent habitation. And he brought some very important things, batteries, some supplies, and the station's first toilet. Oh, very important. Very important. Wow. We salute you. Thanks, Boris. You're the man. Boris with the toilet. Boris with the Sorry toilet. About he did that lots home. of other stuff. The guy was a doctor and a pilot and a cosmonaut, but also brought there, the toilet. Were, were there astronauts up there, like waiting for him? They're just like picturing a bunch of astronauts about the doors, like, oh my God, Boris, come on. <laughs> yeah, actually, I feel like we have questions now. Like, what did they do before the toilet? Where well, did... this was in preparation for permanent habitation. So I'm sure they had their temporary. Uh, things that they used. I'm sure bags were involved. There were probably bags, but uh, Kavi, your favorite, poop bag. Uh, But I know, but like, but gravity. (laughs) (laughs) You started it. (laughs) How do we bring every episode back to poop bag? Welcome to the Space Gay Sarah Show, where we do touch on fecal matter at some point in every episode. Wearing gloves, though, because you shouldn't touch fecal matter without... I use the word touch and I don't know why. That was a no. bad choice. Yeah. I, I have to keep checking our Zencaster recording to make sure we're getting close to our 15-minute mark. A reminder for anyone tuning in, you can comment in the uh, chats wherever you're watching this from, off of Facebook, I assume many of you are coming from. And um, and we will try to answer questions, too. If you have questions for us that are pertaining to what we're talking about, we would love to take those live on the air. And we, again, are recording live. In a multitude of ways, we're live streaming out to you, but we're also recording for our show. And so you're getting a little glimpse into what that looks like. Streaming out to you, but we're also recording. Oh, Behind the curtain. Who am I hearing? Stop Behind. it. It wasn't me. It was me. out to you, but we're also recording. Who am I hearing? Who am I hearing? Stop it. It wasn't me. Okay, hold on. Technical difficulties live. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're hearing multiple. We're hearing multiples of Sarah. Right? Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, we only Sarah. need one of me. Trust me. So um, <laughs> you're, um, we're going to talk about oxygen and atmospheres and planetary science. And we're going to uh, try to keep it kind of more on theme with the element than I think we've really done in the past. 
Um, we in space news don't actually quite have a lot right now. We're all still still just sitting around, kind of waiting for them to figure out what to do with Artemis. Um, rumors are everywhere that really the uh, live stream or not the live stream the launch isn't going to probably go in September. That's what I'm hearing from people, um, and that it's likely going to be more October. I feel like I like the momentum is getting a little lost for that, honestly, with the with the. But um, to look forward to, we have the DART mission, which we have a very special episode for that will air on the 24th. And the DART spacecraft will be crashing into its asteroid on the 26th. And we brought on, on on this show, we brought on a guest and we brought on Joan, who is known as your female engineer on all of the social medias. And she is an engineer on the DART mission, as well as a selected commercial astronaut for Blue Origin. So don't miss that. That is That really is going to be an amazing episode. Sorry, I'm not looking at our... So much fun recording that episode. So much fun. And Benjamin's saying that there are some viewers who can't comment. I'm getting people that can't. It might be your privacy settings on your share. Did you share it as a public thing or I don't know. We will try to figure that out when we break. Um, We do stop for a break. Uh, And John wants us to talk about making oxygen on long duration space space missions. That's a really actually a great question and something that a, a little rover that's a favorite rover of mine is working on. Um, as always, this is my point of the show where I remind people where you can find us. I am Space Case Era 22 on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and uh, all the platforms. You guys can do your own handles. Uh, go ahead, Kavi. Uh, oh, oh, yes, <laughs> right. I forgot. I keep forgetting that Benjamin is drinking for three, so I He's, yeah. have to give him the time. Um, yeah. Yes, you can find me at Fun Fact Science on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, um, everywhere. Everywhere that you could choose to waste your time on a mobile device, time. you will mm-hmm. find me, and then you will not be wasting your time. You'll be learning. <laughs> you will be using precious oxygen. <laughs> uh, with me, also, you'll not be wasting your time on science, actually, or actually science depending which social media platform you are going to someone beat me to uh science actually on facebook and i'm gonna find that person and when i find them <laughs> i will find them i'm gonna say you, i you will hunt you down yeah i'll go yeah science actually are actually science and uh that's where you find my stuff awesome <laughs> Yeah, we we're we're all three of us are communicators, and um, we love attention. That's kind of really what it comes down to. Is uh, you know, this is what we do. Feed us, feed us love and attention, because we don't get it enough at home. We're gonna take a quick break. You are listening to the Space Case Sarah Show here on. Wait, 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 wait. I'm giving you the finger. Stop. Hold on. <laughs> and Sarah is giving her child the finger. Okay. Wow. I hope it's the finger. The weight finger. Not the, not the finger. other finger. The weight you finger. Are, the weight. You, Your you awesome finger. You are yes. listening to the Space Case Sarah Show with Space Nerds Kavi and Benjamin here on IROC Space Radio. It's fine. He can come back in. But the gate's not up. Oh, then can you put the gate up for me, please? Sure. 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> She's going like a single column up. Welcome back to the Space Case Sarah Show with space nerds Kavi and Benjamin here on iRock Space Radio. You are listening to a special episode that we are testing out called the debacle live stream <laughs> multicast where we live stream on social media and also record at the same time and then get interrupted by children and you can see how all the magic happens oxygen is a is oxygen. a good thing and and john has um oh yeah let me remind people <laughs> let me remind people that you can comment in the chats and talk to us. I was going to look into why people couldn't um, couldn't comment, and that I am not entirely sure. Are they still saying that they have issues? If you're still yes. having a problem commenting, let us know, and we'll try to figure that out. Yes, um, my sister who is asking right now, it could be your settings. Yeah, it might be that they need to go onto the original link um, rather mm. than the link that Benjamin shared. And, and um, comment there. Yeah. So if you, if <laughs> you can go find, yeah, you can go find me on um, Facebook, and it should be a public post, so you should be able to join in and comment from there. So see if that works, and if not, then just friend request me. We should just be friends anyway. So friend request me on we Facebook, be and then. Friends? Why can't we? I, I believe we just established that we're all communicators who are desperate for attention. So, I'm not desperate for attention. Desperate. You're desperate for attention. I, I'm desperate yes. for attention. Someone love me. So, John wants to know, let's talk about making oxygen on long duration space missions. This is one of my favorite things to kind of bring to people's attention when they ask us about how feasible is it to go to Mars. I always tell people, Oh, we can get to Mars. We've put a bunch of rovers on Mars. It's not its not the machines and the rockets. It's the people. It's keeping the peoples alive. And bags. Yeah, I mean, we're really not very well evolutionarily designed to live in space. Weird. Not sure why that happened. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> that was one of the goals of Perseverance, which was to put uh, an instrument on her called moxie to see if we could convert carbon dioxide into oxygen and she has been successful and actually i didn't get to catch in on the news briefing did any of you guys catch the perseverance like one year um no news a bunch of uh i shouldn't be drinking on this show (laughs) but you should keep going okay they found stuff. They They're, found stuff? They found... Uh, <laughs> Perseverance found a whole bunch of samples and way more... Uh, what, what, organics? Organic stuff that there could you go. point towards life. They're not saying life. They're not saying anything. Right. But we found a lot. Hi, Kavi. We, we so what you're saying is we found aliens. So what I'm saying is if you get this cool aliens. little tumbler glass, the hand Perfect. of a Lego figurine holds onto it perfectly please don't accidentally swallow that lego astronaut while you're drinking please i can't do the heimlich remotely oh yeah i don't yeah i don't do those like if anyone is ever having i am cpr certified if you're having a heart attack i will be like "Mm, so to to answer john (laughs) reed's question about generate creating oxygen on long space flights (laughs) uh the answer to that is i can't speak oh okay yeah 
Um, uh, so, so, go on. Go for it, Gabby. Oh, I was sorry. Um, oxygen, super important, right? Um, so, so going back to scuba for a second, just for a brief yes. second, we should give um, our, our viewers, listeners, a little bit of a, a quick. Uh, backstory cap of that too. Kavi and I are both scuba certified, and so yeah. we wanted oh. to tie in that that fact that we yeah. are we are scuba certified. So this is a, an important thing <laughs> when you dive. I, I like to mention it whenever I can, just so that people think I'm cooler than I actually am. Um, oh. But it's it's relevant. <laughs> it's relevant because like the the original designs um, for you know underwater breathing had this you know major flaw, major flaw, which was that they tried to just like leave them with a reservoir of air to keep breathing rather than supplying them with clean air. And um, the problem with that is that eventually you start breathing in the carbon dioxide that you've been breathing out, which is no bueno. And all of the cool NASA methods of creating oxygen, uh, both the ones that are used on the ISS and uh, from what I understand, this is also how um, the Mars uh, experiment, MOXIE, works, is by converting carbon dioxide into oxygen, basically breaking down carbon dioxide mm -hmm. into oxygen and into water. And so on the ISS, it does it with the carbon dioxide that the astronauts are uh, exhaling. Exhaling. And uh, with MOXIE, it, they're basically drawing carbon dioxide from the Martian atmosphere and uh, converting that. So I, I hope that answers your question, John. Um, yeah, basically carbon dioxide is everywhere. If it's not there, we'll produce it and then we'll convert that to oxygen. So there's no generating new oxygen. There's only breaking down oxygen that's been used so we can purify it and reuse it again. I guess, yeah, in the case of, in the case of like just being on the mission, um, mm -hmm. and not being on a different planet that would have its own atmosphere, then yes, it would be, you know, converting, uh, old yucky air into, <laughs> into new breathable yeah. air. Um, but yeah, if, if, if we happen to find an atmosphere that has, you know, a particular composition, we could try to make it out of that. I have, uh, a, a <clears throat> sorry to quick side, side step here, quick suggestion for people sorry. who want to talk in the comments. Um, I just looked at this, like can't post comments to some destinations and it might be that I don't know why some people's comments are getting in and some aren't. But it says that people can post from Facebook pages, but not Facebook profiles. So maybe if they're watching off of mine, they can't comment on mine. So you might actually be better off huh. finding my Space Case Sarah page. That might be where you can comment or go find Space Case Sarah on YouTube. That might be the um, that might be the issue that's happening here. It might be my personal stream. So it's all your fault. I. Apparently, my my communicator need for attention. I needed to rein that in a little bit and uh, just do it from my. I was I was getting too greedy. I reached too far. I reached too high. And hello, Kara. It is so nice to um, see your your chat. And hello, Ben. So we have friends popping in in the comments, which will not really make a lot of sense on the radio side of this, but we will do our best to make this as seamless as possible. We will take questions from, from, oh, I see you, Benjamin made a comment. So there you go. Okay. <clears throat> so um, that must be the problem. If you were watching off of Sarah Treadwell, my personal page, I guess that is not, yeah, I guess that is the issue. So I did not realize that that, was a 
was something that was not supported. So there we go. Um, kind of, oh, well, anyway. So yeah, I think that was a good explanation of how we're going to make oxygen for long-term missions. And also it's going to be useful for us to make fuel for return missions, because that's a huge problem about solving how to get to Mars is the fact that it takes so long to get there. And if we want to take payloads, um, we have to have fuel to get back. And that's kind of the cool thing about how missions are being designed. It kind of like gets created in tandem with what is happening. So, you know, talking about going to Mars, maybe even 10 years ago, we wouldn't have put it on the radar that it was, uh, we should take up 3d printers really, you know, like those weren't really a big thing yet. And now it's like, Oh, you know, we should 3d print on Mars because then we don't have to take all that material with us. So mm. it's, <clears throat> it's, um, kind of, we saw it when NASA announced recently as well, that because of ingenuity and how successful it was, uh, they have determined that a lot of the Mars sample return missions are going to use flighted vehicles in, as opposed to wheeled vehicles. So it's like chicken and the egg. You know, how, how are we going to support people in the long-term duration missions? That's a great question. I mean, really the big crux right now is not, I mean, even I would say that the oxygen is a very workable problem. It's, um, it's and the gravity. Water too. I mean, like water, the, on, yeah. on, on the ISS, they're, they're actually <clears throat> pretty good at recycling. Um, let's, well, yeah, I, I'm not going to tiptoe around it. They can basically recycle their pee into water and make it more pure <laughs> and more clean and better, like for drinking than the stuff that we drink out of the taps. There's um, a saying yeah. amongst astronauts that uh, yesterday's coffee is tomorrow's coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. We should get coffee mugs for that and just be like, this was yesterday's coffee. <laughs> you know what? That's a really good idea. But it's true. Like it's so much, I mean, I, we have joked so many times about things always going to like poop and, and, um, but it's true. Like ultimately I always think about camping. When you go camping, your two biggest things that you have to logistically figure out is what you're going to eat and Number how one. are you going to get rid of the, the waste Number product. Two. Yeah. <laughs> and it's no different in space. It's just a lot bigger of a problem because then you also have, you know, difficulties growing food in space. So then mm -hmm. how do you preserve and get food to stay that long and not uh, go into fatigue, which is a huge reason that we have these analog missions like what I went on where we simulate eating you know, dehydrated food. And I will tell you that will get old really fast. Really? Dehydrated butter is the worst thing that's ever existed. It so I, it so fun. I mean, it is fun. It's just, um, the like dehydrated ground beef smells like dog food. It's just, I don't know. Mm. So the food thing, I think, you know, but again, biology, it's all biology. So for people who are uh, making it kind of figuring it out, how to talk to us, go ahead, shoot us some questions about, atmospheres i am um, i'm gonna be doing a an outreach thing tomorrow pending i still test negative for covid and um one of the things i'm going to actually be talking about is uh like atmospheres and i'm gonna be doing a dry ice demo because it's a really good equation to be like well on mars water can't exist in liquid form it goes straight from a solid to a gas and we have the same thing happen on earth with carbon dioxide and that's what dry ice is 
and I mean, really, it's just an excuse to play with dry ice, <laughs> dry ice. But uh, you know, any you, anything really can be tied into space exploration. Um, I got a question coming in. Okay, Ooh, this is from Ben. Uh, he says, besides the theory of terraforming, this comes up a lot. Yes. Has anyone considered the possibility of any negative impacts to the atmosphere or geology of Mars? I mean, just because it isn't hospitable to us doesn't mean it's not virgin in its own right. And now we're going, now we're going philosophy and ethics. Gosh. Um, there, there is definitely a very clear answer to that set out in NASA's uh, policy. Um, Benjamin, I'm not sure if you want to take this one. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's an official NASA policy. I know that Carl Sagan was a huge proponent that if they find even one bacteria on uh, Mars, leave it alone. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's yeah. that's that's a technically a Martian, and that's its world, and uh, leave it be. But I don't know if that's what you're referring to as NASA's official yeah, no, policy. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm referring to. Um, so I knew that so... then. Then I knew from the beginning. I knew exactly <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, basically, <laughs> NASA has this policy. Uh... <laughs> He's drinking for three. Drinking for three. Drinking for three. Woo! That's one. Um, um, <laughs> I, I, so, so I think that the way that it, this originated with NASA wasn't necessarily to do with Carl Sagan's sort of like deep ethical desire to protect, um, you know, bacteria, but um, rather it was just like they weren't sure if we could pick up like a space virus from the moon. And so they were really concerned about, like, you know, not, you know, uh, what, what the word, what, what, what the word? Gosh, I'm sorry. It's 7:30 a.m. here, so I'm not fully <laughs> awake. Please um, forgive this me. This is why you should be drinking. <laughs> Thank you. Um, basically, the idea was you wanted to 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 sanitize and to have very clear uh, protocols of hygiene to, like, you know, not pick up anything strange from the moon. And so that's how it started originally with Apollo, and it has evolved since then to basically have this. Um, policy of being very careful on all missions with, uh, you know, what you're sending there has to be clean. So like, for example, Perseverance, um, it, they had to make sure that there were no like traces of bacteria from Earth that Perseverance would bring to Mars. And that would kind of like upset the ecosystem there. Also, it's like equally important because we don't want to like accidentally discover stuff that we brought because right. that would kind of defeat the purpose of looking right. for life. We're like, yeah, oh, damn it, it's a tardy grade. We just took ourselves. <laughs> right. But, yeah, I think that should, that answers Ben's uh, question, I believe. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, and he says, I'm all for going to Mars, and I'm really not concerned for any negative impacts. Just curious. Well, we hope that that kind of gave you a little bit of an answer. As always, we're not also like NASA experts or in anything in part. Well, I mean, Kavi's pretty well educated in astrophysics and stuff, but know you know, we, yeah, she's, yeah, but you know, we're, we, uh, we do the best we, you know, we do the best that we know off of the knowledge that we've all individually acquired, which is really cool. What makes the three of us combined really, uh, really neat, I would say. And we need to take a break. So when we get back, Tom asked a question, and I will address that in our third segment. So for now, we're going to hop over to a music break really quick. And when we get back, we will continue taking questions from our audience from the live stream that we are doing for this Oxygen episode. So you are listening to the Space Case Sarah Show with Kavi and Benjamin here on iRock Space Radio. 
Welcome back to the Space K Sarah Show with space nerds Kavi and Benjamin here on iRock Space Radio. We are recording multi-simultaneously live on streaming platforms and we're recording for you for this episode. So it's really going to be actually interesting to listen back on this and be like, that worked or that really did not work. We'll see. It, it, the thing that I enjoy about being a communicator and doing this kind of stuff is that I have really gotten over the fear of making content. Like I will just do it. And if it worked, it worked. And if it didn't, great. I learned and I moved on. And so that's Mm -hmm. kind of what's happening here right now. I mean, even just starting this show, there's this learning curve of how we all interact and what's going to work fast. And so um, this is why I don't listen to old things of myself. So (laughs) like, I like once it's done, I don't listen again. Um, He's not kidding, gang. He sends Kavi and me a video a day. Hey, check out this <laughs> like, thing. Look at me. In an astronaut. Hey, From- check out this thing. With galaxy and some cool tunes I like. Hey, check this out. And it doesn't stop. It's really, really cool. I'm so, uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I, love it, I, love it. <laughs> I do enjoy making TikToks. They're just like anything that grabs my attention. I'm like, I could put a video to that. I'm going to do something with that. Um, I don't know. Which, at least I, it's I like- creative. As opposed to what I do, I do the same thing with memes, and it's basically just like (laughs) taking somebody else's content and mashing it together, saying that's funny, right? right? Like laugh at this, please. I need the attention. But you're actually being creative, right? I just hear a song and or I see a trend, and I'm like, I'm gonna do something with that too. So there's not a lot of logic or or like creative flow. It's just I do. So uh, let's talk about. um, We're kind of talking about atmospheres, but it's turning into a Mars conversation. That's all right. You're right there, Ben. <laughs> He's drinking happened? for three. Nothing, 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 nothing. Okay. Did you swallow Someone's... the Lego astronaut? <laughs> He's got it. He's fine. Keep all the button batteries away from Ben. Can you talk about testing out organic practices to feed future explorers living back, uh, living bacteria in the soil and impacts on contamination? Mm. That is a little bit here of a question to answer um i going to kind of like um ethics and philosophy and stuff like that there's there's definitely a lot of interesting conversation with organic farming i'm going to start with that um you know there, there's a definitely a lot of greenwashing in the organic food market that is very warrantedly criticized um i mean i kind of get <clears throat> a little eye rolling going through organic sections at even in my stores because every single piece of produce is wrapped in plastic. And I'm like, really? You know, um, individually wrapped grapes. And so, um, from a chemical perspective, organic pesticides and commercial, you know, um, mainstream will say pesticides, your body can't tell the difference. Um, and unfortunately they have to use so much more, for organic because they're not as effective. So there's like a conversation there. Um, and I really actually love how uh, Bill Nye used to be, um, he had a very strong stance on one way and he started kind of like learning and started changing his opinion in a different direction. And I think that that's so important as communicators and people in science to be open to the conversations that don't align with how you think and believe and listen to the other side of it. So going back to his question about testing organic practices, I can talk to you about growing food in regolith because I have 
had the opportunity to talk to the guy who manages the lab that does the testing for that, that sends the food, the plants that they grow on the ISS. So they test all of those plants on earth first. And um, it's really, it's really cool. It's really impressive because they are, yeah, putting things in that regolith to basically make food possible to grow in the regolith. Um, And, you know, I had to ask him, I was like, I'm sorry, this is so cliche, but potatoes on Mars. Can we talk potatoes on Mars? And and he was like, here's here's the facts. Could you grow potatoes on Mars? Yes. Would you die from eating them? Yes. Um, eventually Ooh. you would. Yes. So Whoa. if all you eat is potatoes. Is all you eat is potatoes, you would die. Because um the there's something in the regolith that biological organisms can't expel. Potatoes can't, hmm. and we can't. So you would eat those potatoes. I don't remember what it is, but it would build up and it would build up and it would build up. And then you start getting cancer. You would start having a lot of problems because your body can't get rid of it because the potatoes can't get rid of it. So what Mm. they're experimenting in is putting like bacteria in the soil that eats that. So think like, think like laundry softener, like laundry detergent, because a lot of people don't know that like enzymes and like basically biology is just riddled and baked into your clothes cleaning process like how can you get clothes clean in cold water well it's because there are literally like enzymes eating the dirt and soil and so that's sort of the same concept like they're gonna have things that eat that so that you can eat your potatoes on mars so um sorry i'm not the martian is a lie You know, I think this is kind of a kind of a common thing in a lot of sci-fi movies. But I mean, I feel like um, Moonfall got it. I mean, right there. <laughs> knocked it. <laughs> Do you need to go get more whiskey? Did I just, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, if we if we're talking about atmospheres, I I wanted to point out something that maybe wasn't like when I first learned it, it was kind of mind blowing for me to to understand it on a deeper level, but the atmosphere that um, a thing has, a thing being, you know, like a planet or a moon uh, or an asteroid, which doesn't really have an atmosphere, um, it's determined by the thing's mass, right? So so the more mass a planet has, um, that, that kind of defines, you know, what molecules are able to uh, be held by and what molecules um, or atoms are able to escape. Um, and so I won't like bore you guys with the mass of it, but it's really interesting that, the moon, for example, which we don't think of as having an atmosphere per se, it still has an exosphere, a teeny tiny exosphere, like little particles are, are kind of like being able to be held by the moon's gravity. And so it's an important thing to look into when we talk about, um, you know, finding other planets with other life, um, you know, their atmosphere will be determined by the planet's mass. And that's something that we are looking out for with awesome space missions like Kepler and Tess, which are finding exoplanets uh, by the way that they transit in front of their host star or the way that they pull on the host mm-hmm. star with their mass. Mass. And that kind of, um, Tom followed up on his question about, you know, um, testing organic gardening practices. And he said, you know, cooking a pile of compost to make organic gardening takes the right conditions, but keeps the natural cycles going, including the atmospheres, which good bacteria would need. And that's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, and so, it's, it's again, it's biology. It's just, it's tricky. And, um, the guy that I know who runs that lab, he told me that it, um, has been really hard to grow plants that aren't, um, like very fast growing types of 
vegetables. So lettuce grows really fast, radishes grow really fast. But once you start getting into like the peppers and the tomatoes, um, those are a lot trickier, he said, to get to grow in space. And it's because of the like the roots getting confused because of the lack of gravity. Mm-hmm. So they don't they they somehow need to also know with gravitational pull which way is down and they're getting confused and it makes them grow funky. So um yeah, it uh it's it's just there's a whole host of issues to to get to Mars and and atmospheric pressure. Let's talk scuba really quick. Atmospheric pressure is definitely a huge huge problem because um shout out again to my poor sickly uh um boyfriend right now, Brian, but he was actually giving me a partial pressure lesson on scuba diving yesterday and talking about partial pressures and how it affects and like how your lungs and, and I, he was like, yes, I'm talking about partial pressures right now. But um, when <clears throat> that's a huge, a huge part of that, uh, exploring other planets that we have to deal with as well, because we are so finely tuned to live at this one atmosphere of pressure that even when we go diving, not even that far down. I mean, the, the deepest I've ever been is 90 feet. And you have to make sure you take a lot of safety precautions going back up because it is incredibly dangerous um, to put yourself in the position of coming up to, you know, you have that much pressure on top of you and all those molecules compress down. And then when you go up, they're going to expand out really fast. And that's how people uh, rupture their lungs because... <laughs> because um i'm sorry i'm laughing right now because (laughs) cobb he's like is it just me or did your glass double in size and magically he's drinking for three i had Um, a drink in here and then i had another drink in here and i'm working on this one and do you have a third drink to have after that i will have probably coffee after this (laughs) I, i just saw this question too so uh um, sci-fi movies in space. Which ones do you think get the science down most accurately? I like that. That question was asked I'm by Guy Bridger, aka my sister. Ah, uh, well, so let's that answer the movie. The is I'm Guy hands down. Let's movie. answer it. Uh, <laughs> hey, Dina. Uh, <laughs> he hasn't uh, been drinking at all. Stanley yeah. Kubrick's movie 2001 got the science down supremely accurately. Uh, they ref- Stanley Kubrick himself refused to film unless he had a a scientist on set, a few a NASA scientists rather, to make sure they got all the scenes of weightlessness down, to make sure they got the uh, food correctly, to make sure they um, very importantly, there's one scene where the main character had to uh, eject from his space pod without a helmet go through 10 meters of empty space and into an open airlock and then shut the door and turn the air on back in time. Um, that was done as accurately as it could possibly do it. They may, if you watch the, the movie, uh, he gets shot into that little room into the space craft in pure silence. And only as the oxygen is filling the room, do we start to start hearing things again? because no sound can travel through nothing. As the atmosphere filled up in that room, the sound got louder. And it is possible to survive, I think, 20 seconds yeah. or yeah. 30 yeah. seconds with a gulp of air in space before you die horribly. 
So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, again, your it blood's, goes, your it blood's goes gonna to the... forget the air part. Your blood's gonna start boiling. It's a very not nice thing. Right. I think you're actually, the way Tim Robbins died. The breath, breath. <laughs> uh, there's actually uh, um, it's actually um, after 2001 was made, it was uh, scientists actually said that if you take if you start to um, hyperventilate, read a lot really really fast before you go into the vacuuming space, and then exhale as hard as you can evacuate your lungs as, as best you can before going into empty space you last longer your chest oh, okay, won't okay. so don't forget that when you're in everybody a write that down yeah spacecraft everybody and you're like, like okay remember wim hoffman my or wim hoff whatever his name is you know my, my way to that other capsule i was gonna say like that's not how i saw it in star wars with princess leia she lived out there for like a hot two minutes like for <laughs> leave the space wizards out of it. <laughs> so, um, I I actually have not seen really 2001. I haven't. That's your homework assignment for today. I know. I think I'm going to have to tonight because <laughs> yeah. I I love Stanley Kubrick. I love uh, several of his movies, but that's the one I just I don't think I've I don't think I've really. I mean, I know a lot of clips from it, but I don't think I've. So you didn't you like Stanley Kubrick, a science communicator, and you didn't watch his one science. Look, I just you know I don't need this kind of negative energy on my show. That's named (laughs) Benjamin. Um, (laughs) Sorry, I was like, why don't you just keep uh, drinking that drink now? My friend Kara says, "Wow, that gives me a lot of anxiety just thinking about it." You know, I think that that um, that is something probably that really makes or breaks people if they're able to be an astronaut or not. Right. Is dealing with that <laughs> mental, the mental stress of like, that, like you are in a, a, a simulated environment um, that, or, you know, a, a created environment to keep you alive in a, an environment that you shouldn't be alive in akin to scuba diving, which I will be the first to admit that like I have mild panic attacks every single time I go in the water. The first time, mm. every single time I go down, I have to mentally coach myself through it. That mm-hmm. it's like, no, you're not going to drown. Um, and I had, I had actually a big, a big meltdown this summer. One time, I don't know why. I just, I was in already of a heightened state of stress, and it just, it was like, whoo! I, I freaked out, and it, um, and that's the really dangerous thing because I've seen like directly firsthand. I saw someone at 90 feet shoot up because she freaked Ooh. out. That was bad. Yeah, she no, had to go get flight for life or you know uh taken to a decompression chamber so um well that's even worse than the bends because the bends you can get um even going up slowly and taking like your time you can still possibly develop the the bends but if you do it that fast your your lungs will she was like spewing up blood yeah because her lungs had ruptured yeah (laughs) so the first um, time the first go time dive. Scuba diving. Yeah, no, yeah. Def- definitely go dive. But like, I'm I think stick so- to hot tubs. Thank you. <laughs> the, the, the first time that I went scuba diving, so I, I was an idiot because I went with two friends who were like, oh, you know, we want to be astronauts. And, you know, scuba diving is the first step towards that, um, apparently. And and they said, you know, let's all do a scuba diving course. You know, we'll get our first and second stars uh, in the certification uh, process. And I was like, oh, that sounds like fun. And I get there and I realize... They've both tried it before and I have not. And so I've committed to a week of diving with like zero experience. And the first time I go out underwater, 
I freak the hell out because I'm just not used to breathing out of my mouth. I don't know, like I'm meant to be relying and it's okay to rely on my you know, breathing apparatus. And the, uh, the diving instructor basically took me down to the bottom, which was at about like eight meters down or, you know, 25, 30 feet. And he just like, <laughs> like, I just can still picture him motioning to me. He's like, you know, hold on to this rock and just breathe out and then breathe right. in and breathe out. And that, like that first day, I was sure that I was going to hate it. I was going to have to drop out of the course. I was like, I'm just going to panic. And I was fine. Like by the second yeah. day, I was loving it. And it's now my favorite moment every time I go scuba diving and you go from relying on your own air to the, um, to the breather. It's just like, and now I'm a fish. It is fine. <laughs> I have a fishy zen. Yeah. You have to be zen about it. You have to recognize it. You have to like, figure out what works for you mentally. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's something that's unique to each person and, and what part of your like calm down access point. So for me, I like I like to go down on the line. I don't like to just try to power down. I like to slowly descend. So um, we're going to have to end the show. I know that no. this seems, I know, but we can keep the live stream going for, you know, another like 10 minutes. We just have to end the recording part of it. So I know that went really fast. Um, thank you to all the people who tuned into this, probably a little bit weird episode on IROC space radio, but we really do want to engage as in as many ways as possible. And this was an idea that we had from the beginning was that we were going to incorporate live streams in some shape or form, like I said, it's probably going to evolve over time because this is what we do. Um, but we will definitely be attempting it at least once a month and uh, keep refining it each time. So again, you can find me as Space Case Sarah on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all the time wasters. Fun fact, science also on all the time wasters and science actually, actually science, depending on which platform you are on, on all the time wasters. And you can go to, um, and yes, to all, Tom, Tom just said, thanks, you three made the afternoon a little lighter. Thank you. Uh, thank you. You Tom. can go to irockspaceradio.com and sign up for our crew club. We have really cool things cooking and, uh, we, um, yeah, get if a you fill out, if you, yeah, if you want, yeah, get a t-shirt like this, get a free t-shirt. Um, and, uh, check out our show. We have other shows too. So find out when those are airing and listen into them as well. Um, Ashley, who does our news, she does a, also a show called the top guns or the, um, top guns of space. And she interviews people and she, uh, actually it was, I think her name was Amy. If I can remember off the top of my head, reached out to me and was like, Hey, Jim, um, what's his last name? Jim. Jonathan. Smith. No. Hold hold on. Hold on. We're running out of time. Bridenstine. No, not. No, I love him, but no. Jim Carrey. Um, Jim Carrey. Jim Cantrell, who is the CEO of Phantom Space. Yeah. She was like, he would love to like do some media stuff. And so I was like, Ashley's got the perfect show. So she has an interview that just dropped this week with Jim Cantrell. Um, and he was part of one of the people that helped with uh, starting SpaceX and stuff like that. So he's got a cool a cool story so anyway i rock space radio check everybody out on on our website and thank you again for listening you have been listening to the space case sarah show with space nerds kavi and benjamin here on i rock space radio you've been listening to the space case sarah show with the space nerds kavi and benjamin a production of i rock space radio go to i rock space radio.com for more